Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, listen, they want me to say hello. Welcome to the James Well Best Bits of Tonight's show, which you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. Let's talk to our good friend um, who lives in the uh, same county as me, uh, in the Garden of England, shall we? Yeah. If you, I think it'll be good, don't you? Yeah, Tom Tugendhat. Yeah. Yeah, Tom. Hey, good evening, Tom. Hi, James. How are you? How are you? Good bit of very nice, very nice. I, I saw you on the telly a little. Say again, Tom, sorry. A good piece of acid house there. Perfect way to start a, you know. See, I knew Tom would like acid house. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, you like yeah. acid house? A lot of military men do, yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that's a, a sign of a very misspent youth, yeah, exactly. isn't it? Well, I I think that's what got me into trouble, and that's why I ended up having to join the army. Isn't yeah. that what everybody does? Mm. Uh, Tom, of course, is the Conservative MP for Tunbridge and Morling, and he's also the chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee. Um, and you're quite busy at the moment, aren't you? And uh, we'll, we'll talk about why you're busy in a minute. But let's just talk about the, the new events surrounding Nazanin Zaghari Radcliffe, um, because she's been let out of prison because of the coronavirus in Iran. Um, what are the chances of her coming home? very hard to say really hard to say i i hope that this is the first step to her coming home um because it's clear that the iranian regime is realizing that they've got some real um problems i mean you know they're, they're finding it very very hard to manage the coronavirus they've got um mm-hmm. their system is completely overwhelmed and um they know that it's running rampant through their prisons so i'm, I'm glad that they've done one decent thing which is to let her out of um the prisons that are you know frankly um likely to, to lead to the deaths of many people in them. So that's a, that's a good step. The next step, of course, is to do the right thing and to let her get back with her family uh, here in, in the UK. Her daughter, who's only five, and, and, her, and her husband, who's uh, you know been fighting for yeah. her for years now. It sounds like they're going to release and them, what, doesn't it? Uh, Ash? We don't know, Ash. We Sorry, don't know. there's a delay on this, no. Tom. No. No, Ash, honestly, just stop looking for questions. When you think of a good one, put your hand up and then you can ask. I did have my hand up, you just couldn't see me. Well, no, I can't because I'm in my bungalow and you're in the studio. Yeah, yeah, he's going out all the time, Tom. He shouldn't, should he? No, he certainly shouldn't. I'm not not going out. No, 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 I'm not going out. You're just going to work? Yeah, exactly. That's all right. So long as so long as you're so long yeah. as you're staying away from folk. Exactly, I'm staying away from everyone. Yeah. Quite right. Yeah. Well, mind you, that normally happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about the uh, this this uh, politicians now want to do uh, do politics from home? They want to run parliament from home. It's quite hard to do because the fundamental point about politics is actually uh, it's actually about negotiation. You know, it's about listening to the community that you represent and going and negotiating the best outcome for it in 
as you as, as well as you can. Now, I'm not saying that you can't do quite a lot of things remotely for a bit. Of course you can. But longer term, if you're if you want to negotiate with somebody and we all know this, you you've got to get to know them a bit, right? I mean you've got to you 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 you've got to understand what makes them tick so you can understand why, you know, a trade off here and a trade off there makes sense for everybody. And and that means getting to know folk. Um so I think, you know, we are gonna to have to we're gonna to have to get back together at some point. The idea that we're gonna stay in our houses and never see each other again, I think mm. Thank God, uh, a pretty remote possibility for somebody who, who likes getting out. Well, like I hope me. so. I absolutely yeah. hope so, because it is driving a lot of people mad. I mean, mental health problems a lot of people are having didn't even know mm. they had them. Mm. And I, I also feel for a, a lot of uh, people, their relationships and uh, their relationships might actually yeah. not survive this. Yeah. I think... I mean, look, I think your your point about mental health is, is right. Um, sadly, we're also very aware that there's a possibility of a rise in domestic violence. And as you rightly say, there's also a possibility of a rise in divorce. Um, and all of those things, you know, have a cost on society. I mean, that's not, you know, let's not hide it. It's, uh, you know, the cost is personal in the sense it's, it's hugely damaging to individuals. But there's also an economic cost, and so we've got to be we've got to be aware that what we're putting ourselves through uh, could be very damaging. Mm. Now, I saw you on television a bit earlier from your house. Are you sitting in the same place? Actually, I am. Yes, that's exactly where. You I should get up and walk around a bit every now and then. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Ash, I have been. I have to say, actually, the one thing that uh, because I'm not commuting, of course, that saves me about two hours a day. Mm. I've actually dug a vegetable patch in the garden that. Somebody had dug about 25 years ago, and about 25 years ago abandoned, and it's been covered in brambles, and I finally cleared it. So we're going to be planting potatoes in a few days' time. So there you go. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on talk radio. Munira, good evening. Good evening. Um, Now, you took over, didn't you, from... from, Where did you... You you were in Twickenham, aren't you? The MP for Twickenham. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my predecessor was Sir Vince Cable. And he retired? Yes, that's right. Ah. Um, so we were talking to Tom Tugendhat a little earlier uh, yeah. about working uh, online. He said it's a little bit difficult because quite often there are discussions and negotiations that have to be had face-to-face. What are your thoughts? Well, as far as Parliament goes, I think there are lots of ways that we can try to... Uh, introduce digital working because at a time of national crisis like this in any other crisis if we weren't dealing with an infectious disease where we had to keep our distance from each other parliament would be recalled because this is the sort of time when we absolutely need to be there scrutinizing what government's doing how it's using the powers of sweeping powers that it had to grant itself because of the emergency last week, but also um, challenging in a constructive and responsible way what is going on in terms of the actions it's taking, whether it's around testing Mm. or lack of PPE, etc. And since Parliament has closed down last week, we have very few means of doing that at the moment. We have the daily press conferences where journalists can ask questions, but parliamentarians of all sides, uh, be it you know, Conservative, Labour, Lib Dem, SNP or others, need to have the opportunity to put forward their constituents' concerns and scrutinise what the government's doing. So I'm, I'm all for looking for new ways of working and it's high time we, we modernised our parliament anyway and so this is a great opportunity to start that process. Hmm. 
Um, now, uh, from the health and well-being uh, point of view, uh, how do you think we're going to manage people's well-being, um, having them uh, under quarantine, I suppose, is the best way to look at it, uh, for a, a long amount of time? Um, I have real concerns about that uh, in terms of people's mental health. I think uh, isolation for long periods of time, particularly for those people who live on their own, um, is going to have quite an impact on people's mental health. And of course, then you've got the uh, impact of many bereavements that we'll be, we're already seeing and will be seeing over the coming months. So uh, one of the things that uh, I've been calling for is that um, there's good information provided in terms of access to mental health advice. Uh, but I think when we come out the other side of this, we're probably going to need to see uh, a real uh, boost in terms of support services uh, for people in, in terms of their mental health. But right the way through where there are um, opportunities to get mental health advice, be it from uh, charities or you know on, online uh, sources of advice, we should be signposting those. How would you know if you uh, you are having a mental health problem? Um, well, I mean, there's a whole whole range uh, of of conditions that could be, but I think most people uh, are, are know themselves well enough and are self aware enough to know that you know they're perhaps not coping with the situation in the way they normally would, or there's been 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 a change mm. of behaviour, etc. Um, you know, and sometimes it might take a loved one to to, to point that out. And, and some, if someone's living on their own, perhaps they might might be uh, prompted to go go and look for that information. But I, I don't think that's an easy question to answer um, because there's a there's a whole whole wide scale range of, of mental health uh, problems or issues that that you may experience. There's also problems living with not alone. Living with people causes pressures in its own way absolutely absolutely i mean there'll be pressures in terms of marriage um you know uh, uh, tensions in terms of people living in close proximity uh to each other for long periods of time when they're used to being out and about and i have real concerns about domestic abuse as well uh in terms of potential mm. increase in numbers and it's really important to keep getting the message out there if you are experiencing domestic abuse you can leave your home and you can go and seek help that's really important message that we need to keep repeating so how do you think the government are handling everything at the moment well at a, at a time of a crisis like this it's important that, that we all pull together and you know we've we've try to main, be a constructive opposition and trying to question where we have concerns uh, about the strategy, but this is not a time to start scoring political points. Mm. My biggest concerns uh, remain, particularly with my health and social care hat on, around provision of PPE to frontline workers, both in the healthcare sector and in the social care sector. Um, it's just not getting to the front line. I keep hearing anecdotes from doctors, nurses, social care providers, hospices, even uh, children's hospices. Um, that, uh, that, that are, I've got one in my constituency. They just don't have the kit. And if they need to go into a home where there's a suspected case, they won't go in there. And we've got doctors. Um, you know, sadly, we've already seen deaths of doctors. Um, mm -hmm. And we've got to make sure that they're kitted out properly. And also the point about testing. Um, we've seen different numbers being given by different ministers. The bottom line is we need to ramp up testing fast. Mm. We should have done it already. Um, and we really need to keep up the pressure on testing. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale.
on Talk Radio. Professor Lawrence Hurst, Department of Biology and Biochemistry at the University of Bath. That's funny, that's where Joe came from, yeah. Bath. Comes yeah. from, yeah. yeah. Uh, joins us now. Professor, good evening. Good evening to you. Um, so where are we? The, the figures were stationary for a couple of days, weren't they? Um, so it depends which numbers uh, you're looking yeah. at. Um, but the, the bottom line is, so we've got a number of different sorts of data. We've got death rates. Now, they're quite lagging behind. So they're sort of telling you what was happening probably a week to two weeks ago. But the reason the government is a little bit cautiously optimistic that things might be working is something did happen on the 28th of March. So what you expect from an epidemic like this, if it's completely uh, out of control, if it's going exponential, it goes 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32. And that's if it's what we call its R number is 2. The R number of this thing is actually about 2.5, so it's actually going faster than that. Um, and so what you see over the early course is it doubles really fast. So I have some numbers for you. So if we go to the 4th of March, for example, there were 85 yeah. cases, and you can ask, okay, well, how long before you get to 170? That's a doubling, yeah? That's about yeah. two and a half days. So you take the 170, and you go, okay, well, how long before you get to about 340 or so? Another two to three days or so. Take the 340, how long before you can double that? It's another two to three days. But what we're seeing now is something quite interesting. Um, and that is, if you take the current sort of data and go, okay, Let's go back to um, half the total incidence. So we've got about 25,000 at the moment in the country. These are folks mm. tested positive going to hospitals. And you ask, okay, well, okay, where do we find 12,500? Um, well, that was more like five to six days ago. So what we're seeing is that the doubling time is, is getting longer. And that's a really good sign in an epidemic. So that's why they think these isolation measures are working. We're not seeing it so much in the in the death data, but we wouldn't really expect to. And there are problems with the death data. Um, mm. One of those is if you look at a lot of the data from today. So with this big up up um, upturn today, um, a number of those are from late last week. So there were the huh. deaths reported today, which actually happened mm. on the 27th but don't filter through today. Now, if for some reason there was a backlog in the system and four days got reported today, then you could see there's going to be an uptick. So it's very hard to interpret the death mm. data. The, the other data, the data of people going into hospitals, the cumulative data seems to be showing some sort of flattening off. So yes, this doubling period is getting longer. That's really good news. That's one of the first things we'd have looked for. Mm -hmm. And the other way you can see that is only actually it's much noisier, but you can see it on the day-to-day -day instances. So where it was going more like 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, we're now doing 2,500 to 3,000, 2,500 to 3,000, 2,500 to 3,000 every day. And if you mm -hmm. project that forward, then what we would hope to see, because what we're probably seeing there is the outcome of things that may not even be the, the, the severe lockdown. So the severe lockdown was only a week ago, um, but we probably wouldn't be seeing too much effect of that yet. So this is probably the knock-on of the less severe knockdown, the please don't go to the mm. pub sort of thing. Could you work from home if you'd like to? My Chinese colleagues actually uh, phoned me um, uh, not so long ago to ask uh, how is it all going. 
and, and I explained to them that we, we, we were being very British about it. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> go to the pub. <laughs> and then we had to get a little bit more serious. But they're not that. counting the deaths. They're only counting the deaths in hospital. And today came out the news, wasn't it? That yeah, so in a sense, that isn't too problematic because if you want to see the trend mm. what's actually most important is that the data is consistent right. one of the things that was really quite difficult to interpret the chinese outbreak for example is halfway through they changed the diagnosis mm. so you suddenly got this massive up spike because they go, oh we're not going to actually test for the virus we're just going to do it on the symptoms at which point you get this this massive uh up pick um However, what we also know is that the way we are doing this, the way we're testing this in the UK, we are missing a huge amount. Um, and we know that because there are two countries at least. So Iceland, of all places, uh, mm -hmm. Iceland are brilliant in genetics, by the way, um, and South Korea. Now, what they've both been doing is going out and randomly testing people out there, um, even if they haven't got any symptoms, just, right. just test them and see, see who's got it. And what they've got is absolutely striking. So if you ask, what is the age profile of people who test positive? Uh, in the UK and in the Netherlands, that age profile, as we are now all know, is that's very skewed towards the older age group. So even though it's turning yeah. up in hospitals, skewed towards the older age group. That sort of 50, 60, 70, particularly 80 pluses. If you ask what's going on in Iceland and the South Korea, it looks absolutely the opposite to that. It's heavily skewed towards the, uh, let's say, the 20 to 40-year-olds. That's where most of the infection is sitting. Mm. But that is also why it is so important that in the lockdown, everybody does it. Because uh, if you get the 20 to 40-year-olds going, well, I feel fine, um, I'm going to work, um, they are spreading it all around, all over the place. And one of the other things that we now know, this has come out of a ch big Chinese study, which looked to see where did people actually likely get their infection from. So they've ended up in hospital. You go, okay, where did you get the infection from? Four-fifths of the people getting the infections in those Chinese outbreaks got them from people who didn't know they had the infection. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Were the what toilet papers marinated in aloe vera? <laughs> Just stop looking for questions. When you think of a good one, put your hand up and then you can ask. I did have my hand up. You just couldn't see me. You know, because you just, you know, do you want you running naked across the garden into the... Uh, don't imagine that. <laughs> I didn't ask you to imagine When you it. say it, you, you see it, don't you? I've seen you naked running across a, the field. Be trouble. I think I can hear something. Now. I can just about hear somebody in the back. I don't it's know where it's in the background. It's a bit of an annoying sort of. I wanted to talk what about it. it. Now you've made me forget talking bang about it. Bang your head that. a bit. That sometimes helps if you bang your head. Yeah. yeah. No, it hasn't worked. No, I don't want you to come over, by the way. I wasn't really asking. You that. get your manservant to put it on. Can we not do that again? <coughs> All right. I'm sorry, yeah, Because you know, some people have been texting me you know, and tweeting me and asking me who this bloke is and why is he Isn't here, etc. That was uh, the clips for today. The worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back seven o'clock until ten, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.